0: Previously on Survived by One, Tom Odell talked about his adolescent struggle for independence. Survived by One, The Life and Mind of a Family Mass Murderer by Robert E. Hanlon with Thomas V. Odell. Episode 5 I was doing really well. By the early 1980s, America's youth culture was being driven by a relatively new art form, music videos. When MTV took to the airwaves in 1979, new stars were born. They were fashion icons as well as rock stars, and they could sell a million t-shirts or pairs of shoes as well as records with a single close-up. One of the cultural phenomena of MTV was that media saturation made mainstream that which once seemed revolutionary. But after running the same three to four minutes on the air a few thousand times, even the most breakthrough new look got old, or worse, tired. Hair got longer and nobody cared, clothes got tighter, shorter, ripped to shreds, and television's ability to serve it up en masse made it all seem less outrageous than it would once have been. With each new production, the video stars tried to visually outdo one another, but through incessant repetition, the medium put all of that outrageousness into a blender and homogenized it. And what was once edgy had become soft and safe. Tom O'Dell's musical preferences, guitar bands more so than video stars, indicate he was more concerned with music than with being a fashionista. But the look he adopted, that of the long-haired, flannel-shirted, concert tea crowd, would have commanded more attention from parents, teachers, and administrators just a few years earlier. Tom and his friends may have felt like they were rebelling, but they no longer looked as rebellious. Had he looked more like he felt, someone may have tried a little harder to intervene in Tom's life.
1: I graduated junior high school without any problems. I was 13 years old entering high school. Because my birthday is in December, I was always the youngest in my class. High school was different. Rod and I were still friends, and we continued doing the bowling thing. My mom and I went to a bowling tournament once, but that was as far as it went. It was fun though, because I got a city trophy out of it for winning the city mixed doubles. I was still watching my brothers and sister as the built-in babysitter. That year I met another guy who would later turn out to play a part in my life that screwed things up. I continued smoking despite the incident in which I got sick after being forced to smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. I just had to be cool like all the other kids who hung out in the smokers corner the long-haired kids with the jeans, flannel shirts, concert jerseys, and cigarettes hanging out of their mouths. I was getting out a little more, but not like I wanted. When I was supposed to be watching the siblings, I was sneaking out of the house and doing other things like going to parties, which is when I started to drink and do drugs. I first started smoking reefer when I was a freshman in high school, about 13 years old. I didn't do it too much at first, but as time went on and I enjoyed the feeling, I really got into it. But I never did it at school. Not yet anyway. I would smoke cigarettes, but that was it. I changed my dress to match that of the cool kids. I finally even convinced my dad to stop cutting my hair, so it started to grow out. My grades were never of any interest. I was always able to float by with the exception of English class. I hated that class. I could never understand all the diagramming of sentences, so I failed the class and had to make it up during summer school. I was introduced to sex when I turned 14. I was a freshman in high school and still had my paper routes. One day I was collecting for the month, and this one woman asked me to come into her bedroom because she said that's where she kept her purse. Her name was Linda and she was long-legged blonde. She was only wearing a robe and it came open in the front where she let it come open. I don't know which and I didn't care. I was just looking at her exposed breasts. When she saw that I was looking, she asked if I wanted to see more and touch them. Of course I did. From there, she asked if I wanted to see more and touch more. Then she asked if I knew how to have sex, and I told her I was a virgin. From there, she more or less taught me everything there was to know about sex. And of course, she was the last stop on my paper route every single night. I thought it was great, and I wanted to do it all the time. I even started having sex with her during lunchtime. I never figured out why she did what she did. I didn't know if she was doing me a favor by teaching me the ins and outs of sex, or if she was lonely and looking for some affection like I was, or if she was molesting me. Guys don't complain when they're having sex at that age, especially with a woman who is 28. She was fine, too. And it lasted for several years, even after I was fired from my paper routes. I was fired because people were complaining that I was getting later and later with deliveries because of the time I was spending with Linda. I also had broken a few doors, so the newspaper felt it was time for me to move on and I was fired. Linda and I carried on our sexual encounters anywhere and everywhere possible. I would even skip school and she would call in my excuse as to why I was absent. At about that time, I was introduced to drafting at school. I really enjoyed that class. I had taken a general shop course for freshmen, and part of that class involved drafting. I've always loved building things and being creative with my hands. I found the drafting class to be the perfect opportunity and decided that I wanted to be an architect. I had finally found something in school that really interested me, besides hanging around with cool kids and trying to be like them. I did my very best, which was okay, nothing spectacular. But I enjoyed it very much. I also enjoyed the wood shop classes. It was my thing, so to speak. I thought that i had finally found where I belonged. One time we had a project and drafting class which involved designing a home. I had done research on the project and even my mom helped me get some of the materials I needed. I really thought I had laid out this home so perfectly and then everybody would have no choice but to recognize me for my skill and be proud of me. The day came and I made an A on it. Nothing was wrong with my draft and the teacher wanted to put it and a few others on display in the school. By then I showed it to my mother. All she could say was, is that the best you can do? It looks like garbage. I was crushed. I was devastated by her reaction and from then on, I didn't care about drafting. In fact, I stopped going to drafting and eventually I quit the class. Instead I just hung with the woodshop classes and made things for my grandma and grandpa. To this day, every time I try and draw a house or draft a house plan, I hear those words echoing in my head, it looks like garbage. Those words won't go away. Afterwards, I started getting high in school, and my attitude was that I just didn't care at all. I really believed that my mother was crazy, because that would excuse a lot of the things she did. But there were times when she was the coolest mom around. She knew every band I liked, and if there was a sale on albums or tapes, she would get them for me. She always made sure I had the coolest concert jerseys and stuff like that. It was almost like she was two different people. I was still seeing Linda regularly during the rest of my freshman year, and I started dating some girls from school, but just to get sex. If I didn't get it, then I would leave them and move on to the next one. My summer was not good. I met this girl in my civics class, and we started dating during the summer. I really liked her, but she was a year older than me. Anyway, she and I started hanging out over the summer things were really cool. I thought I had finally met a girl I could hang out with. We dated, but we never had sex. We always went to the park and walked around, talked, and just hung out. Then one day, this guy with whom I would gotten into a fight at school saw us at the park. He was with his friends, and they jumped me in front of her and beat me up pretty bad. There were several of them, so I had no chance of defending myself whatsoever. But the worst thing was that I got beat up in front of a girl I really liked. When my dad found out about it, he went to the police to press charges. At that point, she found out I was only 14 instead of 15 like she thought. So that was the end of that relationship before it really got started. She wouldn't even talk to me after that. I didn't want my dad to press charges because I would have to go back to school and face those guys again. And, not only that, but I would have a bad reputation for being somebody who runs to the police, and that's not cool for a kid at all. But it was out of my hands, and he did it. Rod had moved over the summer, so I started hanging out with this guy, Glenn, who used to stay at the house behind ours. Glenn and I hung out for the rest of that summer, getting high, drinking, and chasing girls. He was older than me by a couple of years. He would be a senior when I was a sophomore. I got braces that summer also, so I had a mouth full of metal and an I don't care attitude. Needless to say, I got into a few more fights that I wish I had avoided. Those braces would really cut up my mouth. By the time sophomore year came along, I was finally cool. I had long hair, I smoked cigarettes and got high at school. I was even hanging out with the older crowd mainly seniors. Things were pretty good, but I wasn't paying any attention in school. I used to walk Tanya home from school and then hang out at her place for a while, because I didn't like to go home. I'd always liked Tanya, and I told her mom I liked her. Her mom always liked me, and she knew what my background was like, meaning my mom and the situation at home. Her mom always used to tell me that I should let Tanya know how I really felt about her. But i was too shy to come on that strong with her i guess i liked her too much i found out later that she really liked me too but nothing ever came of it we were just friends and had known each other for years then this kid brad moved in up the street from me so i got to know him and we started getting high and drunk he was just someone close by to party with he was in my math class first thing in the morning so we'd get high before school and go to math class. I made straight A's in math class, surprisingly enough. Nothing much happened during that school year, except the neighbors down the street started blaming me for everything that happened to them. They called the police on several occasions, but nobody ever found out what was going on, and they eventually moved away. But it was really weird. They kept blaming me for things I didn't do. I was too busy getting high, I was also learning how to break into houses at that time. But I wasn't breaking into the houses in my own neighborhood. Halfway through my sophomore year, I got my driver's permit. But my dad was the only one who would take me out driving. I used to drive my dad around everywhere he needed to go. My mom never took me out driving. And she only rode in the car while I was driving one time. And only because she had to. I used to ask my mom if I could drive and she would always say, no. It felt good to be able to drive because I felt like I was getting older and closer to getting out of the house. However, my parents did not want me to work while I was in school because they thought it would interfere with my schoolwork. I should have told them that I was maintaining a C average without doing any schoolwork at all. The only work I was able to do after I got fired from my paper routes was mowing yards during the summer, raking leaves in the fall shoveling snow during the winter when summer came after my sophomore year all hell broke loose I was introduced to the world of real drugs like LSD cocaine dust and heroin I was also made aware of the money that could be made selling reefer and breaking into people's houses Glenn and I used to break into houses wipe them out sell the stuff and go and get high I even made it into a business People would tell me what they were looking for, and when I broke into a house, I would look for those items. I only took what I could find quickly, whereas Glenn would take everything that wasn't nailed down. My dad had given me a portable police scanner that I could carry with me, so I would know if the police were called, or if they were on their way. I would get rid of my stuff right away, but Glenn would be left trying to sell his stuff to anybody who would buy it.